everybody, and welcome to If You're Listening, one person's mission to force her friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. That was the most regular intro you've done recently. It's been a while since I've just done a straight one, yeah. I'm Heather. <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I apologize <laughs> to, to shock you with professionalism. Oh my god, so shocking. Uh, Ramsey, how are you? I'm excellent. Great. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I just returned from the beach. You got some sun. Uh, yeah, I actually, this sunburn currently is from driving yesterday, not from the beach itself. Uh, were you in a convertible? Nope. Uh, just a five hour drive with the windows down because the air conditioning was broken. Oh no. Did you have like your arm out? No, I just had the windows down. So that was and enough. And it was just, I'm very pale for oh, our listeners man. who have not Googled pictures of me. Don't. I mean, don't. <laughs> don't encourage do that. I don't know why I said now. that. Now, just fuck me. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm very pale. And now my arm is sunburnt from driving a car with no air conditioning. Don't Google pictures of Heather. Instead, go to ifyourelistening.com and look at the picture that's there. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I should update that one. That's actually pretty old. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I have new headshots. Um, You're also wearing no sleeves. Yeah. Today. Today. Yeah, it's the summer. Yeah. <laughs> The heat wave's over, though. It's fine. We have a guest today. Oh, boy. And here's a fun thing that's happened in the last 10 minutes. I already forgot how to pronounce his last name. God damn it. it Even though like I practiced a... like four times. Would you say our guest is kind of adorable? That's helping because it sounds similar. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. Uh, today we have drummer Keith Sidorowitz. Hey. Thank hey. God I got it right. Okay, Jesus. By the way, I think that's the first time in my life anyone has ever like mentioned the word adorable in regards to me so i really appreciate you you have a great first impression already like fantastic it was both a mnemonic device and so far pretty true and, and that could be the term that like somebody could be like called adorable and take like real offense to that that's and be true like yo what the fuck did you just call me like but you're like i love it yeah i mean you know like I don't know. I just felt like it was delivered in the proper way. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It was it was a roll of the dice. I could have gotten punched in the face, and I didn't. Oh. I feel like I would be really shocked if Keith just leaned over and punched you in the face. Yeah, he looks like a real adorable guy. He wouldn't Aww. do that. I would definitely not punch you in the face. Oh. I will save that for other individuals That's that fair. are very deserving, especially after you gave me some bourbon. Like, yeah. okay, I'm not, I'm not going to punch you in the face. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so Keith brought our album today. We've been talking about it a little because we had to figure out our logistics. <laughs> Which remastered version to Which play? Which remastered version <laughs> we were playing. Um, mostly I get scared because sometimes remastered versions have extra songs and I don't know this album. So I needed to confirm. And also like they add like extra shit that just does not yeah. need to be heard. I mean like there's also some like remastered albums like they have like, you know, some really cool just like live performances or just mm-hmm. like things with commentary but then there's like some records where it's just like why the fuck did You're you like, put this on there it's just like it's such way. a waste of time it's just like leave the leave the record alone <laughs> and also like with remastering it's just like just being a musician it's just like i'll listen to the record i mean like you know you could have just left it the way it was it's like i understand <laughs> you like, want to bring like fine. certain like you know you want to bring the volume up and everything like that but it, it was just you should have just fucking left it the it, way it was it's how i feel with the star wars special edition <laughs> i understand completely yeah. i don't know enough about music production to ever understand or uh, jesus understand why something is remastered i'm like i don't know that i can tell the difference <laughs> and you know what 
remain that way. Yeah, like, I'm okay with that. When yeah. you get more involved with that stuff, yeah, it ruins everything. Ugh, and I don't like, want that. It just makes you into a miserable, <laughs> jaded person. So you're, yeah. you're you're doing great. I don't want I don't want that. I have yeah. a lot of opinions of the remastered Sergeant Pepper's that I'd be love to get into with everybody. Uh, save that for your Beatles podcast. Okay, please. fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Um, Keith, do you want to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? Today we're doing one of my favorite records by one of my favorite bands of all time, and that is Sleater Kinney, All Hands on the Bad One. So I, okay, so this album came out in 2000. Correct. I was definitely not aware of this album in 2000, but was solidly in high school when this album came out, so it fits the premise. I also was, but did not know them. Yeah, um, I definitely only heard of them later in college, so not a super far after this okay. but um keith how did you get into this band <laughs> so in like 1998 in the summer i was like hanging out with this girl mm-hmm. named megan and it was kind of like a summer fling she was sure, very sure. cool she wore like this army jacket even though Ugh. it was like 90 degrees in the weather classic cool like, girl th- it was it's just from like freaks and geeks yeah <laughs> and like it, we kind of had like a freaks and geeks moment where it was just like we were just like at this like harbor in a town called like Northport in the mm-hmm. summer and like I was just like skateboarding with my friends and like I just saw her like so cool. chilling at the dock <laughs> and she was like smoking a cigarette but like so which cool. I normally wasn't attracted to like whatever this is like you know but like the way she smoked the cigarette oh, yeah, was really cool. really cool <laughs> and like she was wearing like this really like beaten up like rancid shirt under the green army jacket <laughs> and it was, it was like head. so hot out. no this girl is so much cooler than me i'm so jealous i know and so <laughs> i was her on the show <laughs> i was wearing a portishead shirt oh that's and pretty that's cool, cool. <laughs> and at that time like you know this was like aol was a thing and mm. i know i'm getting to some <laughs> like, real real prehistoric bullshit but it was just like that's what this podcast is literally you, about you met people in real life and yeah. like when you wore band t-shirts it wasn't you know, out of the ordinary to be like, oh, like nice shirt and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, it was that. a shorthand. And so, like, she sh- she saw my Portishead shirt and she was just like, yo, where did you get that shirt? And, like, I started talking about, like, how I went to this place called Freaks, which was on, like, St. Mark's mm-hmm. Place. And, like, they had, like, really cool shirts. I mean, like, RIP, that place is, like, long gone at this point. <laughs> but, As um, is everything cool on yeah, St. Mark's. Exactly. And so, like, that whole entire summer, like, we just, like, hung out. Yeah. And, like, it was definitely a fling because, like, you know, by the time, like, September rolled and we all went back to school, it's like we never saw each other <laughs> again. But um, I complimented somebody's shirt on the street two days ago. And really? I looked like the world's biggest monster in that person's eyes. I felt awful. Why? I don't Whoa. know. They just, like, paused for a really long time and then looked down at their shirt and said thanks and kept walking okay a what was the shirt yeah it's a mystery science theater kickstarter exclusive shirt interesting okay that yeah. makes complete sense totally. that someone, like okay yeah was this person a man or a woman it was a man okay then they're i don't know what their thing is yeah yeah was whatever <laughs> come on man they're like, a loser we could have been compliment so anyway like <laughs> yeah during that summer she had her like walkman on her one time and i was just like what are you listening to and she's like, story. <laughs> I'm listening to this band called Sleater Kinney. Have you ever mm. heard of them? And I was just like, you know, I had heard the name around because like, I was like really just getting into like a lot of punk music at that time. So it's just like, I had seen the shirts and like, you know, mail order catalogs and totally. everything like that. And she had the record dig me out on her Walkman. 
and like she showed me like the album art because like you know at that time the ipod was just like a whole catalog of either cassettes or cds (laughs) and it was just like you had to carry it around in your backpack so like that was like the original ipod and like she showed me like the booklet and had like the really cool like just album cover where they're all like with their instruments and everything like that and i just remember listening to the record dig me out and like that day I went down to the local record shop in that town and they sure sure enough had dig me out. And that's basically just how I got into Sleater Kinney. Fair enough. This girl I had a summer fling. That's a great story. It's like a cool version of garden state. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I know this band a little, I remember if I'm remembering correctly, I'm looking on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay. So is it the woods? This album? I need to see the cover yet. Yeah, this album came out when I was in college and I remember my, right. yeah, I remember my friends being very into this album. And so I've listened to this. Oh, interesting. This was also recorded in Casadega. Um, yeah. where's that? Uh, upstate. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like near Erie. Oh, um, it's also supposedly very, uh, spooky. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bright Eyes has a thing with Casadega also. There's like a lot of psychics there or something weird. I don't know exactly, but yeah, it's near Erie, uh, like the Pennsylvania, New York border. Weird. Um, But I remember this cover very specifically, but I just never got into it. I knew it was like a cool girl band Mm -hmm. and that's kind of it. Like, I think that's where my knowledge of this band stopped. I heard of this band, I think in college. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife got really into them a few years ago. Um, they kind of didn't end up on my radar until Portlandia. Sure. I think that's probably you, you know true what, for like many people. A lot of people. Yeah. Like, I did see them the live last year, though. Oh, what show were you at? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the name of the place in kind of like Union Square area? Irving Plaza. Per- yeah. Yes, I was at that. That one. was actually the venue at the first time I ever saw them. In oh, wow. And it was in 1999. Oh, that's awesome. It was, off, it was off the record, The Hot Rocks, which I was going to choose, but it's just like a little too technical. And it's just like, I felt like all hands on the bed one just might be like, you know, a good introduction to the band. But like, The Hot Rocks is like one of my favorite records. But uh, yeah, Irving Plaza, that's the first venue that's I crazy like, sauce leader can he play at in 1999 so i have i do have some familiarity with them but like the song i remember them doing the um from that show the most is when they did a cover of rock lobster with fred Armisen. oh yeah <laughs> that's like their little encore i saw them do that at a uh, terminal five it was really cool yeah oh, it was just, pretty awesome are we just listing venues that i rank <laughs> as t- most terrible bathrooms in the city because that <laughs> is what we're doing currently also uh my the venue the strand bookstore <laughs> oh no um interesting the strand is actually a place i would go kill time before going to shows at web like webster hall where it's like i didn't want to see like terrible like openers or something like that and it's just like i would just go wander around that makes sense it's great to wander oh yeah it's It's awful for bathrooms oh yeah total shit style (laughs) yeah literally so's webster hall terrible for bathrooms there you go I remember that like bathroom in like oh, the basement. Always a bathroom. It was attendant. so dark, and it had like <laughs> oh, these no. weird crystals like yeah. in the urinals. That it was like, what? why? I is mean, this I've never here? been in the men's bathroom. Well, now yeah. I'm really interested in these crystals. Yeah, there was like because they would have like black lights and everything like that, and there were like oh. these weird. I'm like, why? Is I'm this a little here? more into it now that I knew there were crystals. <laughs> it's for peeing energy. All men's bathrooms. They charge it in the moonlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fine. Um, okay, so you both have referenced the album art. Oh, I, I would like to see this album art. Oh, yeah. Let me show you that. I almost I actually, forgot. I love the album art for this. Oh, I like it too. 
Hold on, I'm turning my computer and trying not to knock these candles over. Uh, I thought initially this was going to be Jack Ruby shooting um, James, <laughs> uh, the guy who killed JFK. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, just be, so it's a black and white photo. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, I can't tell what's happening in it. They uh, seem to be carrying a person out. Oh, the, okay. Who Those is on legs. the floor. That is definitely what's happening. It looks like um, if I was going to interpret what was happening on this photo based on only this, I'm going to assume someone was having a cool time at a show and fainted and they're carrying them out. That's that it. is very accurate, actually. Hey. Yeah. I so, literally was just guessing. <laughs> do you know who that actually is getting carried out? No. That is actually Carrie Brownstein. Oh, my God. Oh. And so I don't know the exact like event that was going on, but I was reading an interview with Sleater Kinney years ago and like Janet Weiss, the drummer, uh, was asked, like, you know, what's up with the cover, cover of the album? And it's actually Carrie Brownstein. And you can't see it in the picture, but she's dressed up as a rabbit. <laughs> and she was at some <laughs> event, and she was just dancing her ass off, having a great time. And all of a sudden, Carrie just passed out. <laughs> that's amazing. And they had to carry her out. And that's why, like, you can kind of notice there are people, like, smirking. Yeah. Because like, like, she's wearing the rabbit. A rabbit sale. That's amazing. Who took this photo, then? Of this that girl? I don't know. Some friggin' high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> just the way that one guy who's, like, yeah. a weird stance there yeah. is dressed. I assume this was 1952. Yeah. Fair. But, okay. <laughs> I could tell it wasn't really anything horrible, though, because he seems like he's laughing. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people, like, over the years that I've known, like, have like thought was like is it a riot or yeah. something going on or is this like you know they interpret it as something like violent and it's just like but you have to like really like look close yeah that's it. awesome mm-hmm. man i'm really excited that i guessed that <laughs> yeah, good yeah job. That, i'm very impressed with that. <laughs> um okay oh sorry i'm like hitting my microphone <laughs> this is a whole disaster okay um Rams, are you ready to get into this i am ready hell yeah so you've seen them I actually have. i should back up you like them? I <laughs> don't dislike them. Okay. Okay. That's but cool. I'm not super, like, I don't think I've ever sat down to listen to a full album okay. before. Cool. Um, so, same. Um, oh, yeah. I think I'm more aware of uh, Wild Flag. Is that the name of the band? Uh, Carrie Brownstein's side project. Am I close to something? That's a thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, also, I'm just realizing this album is short as hell. Oh, really? 13 songs, 37 minutes. Wow. I, didn't, I actually thought that was like the perfect length because I didn't, I didn't want to like do a record that was like Great. too long. Yeah. So it was just I love like, because I was just like, all right, like what's a record that like, you know, really like hits at home, but like at the same time, it's not going to like bore people. Totally. And it's just like, especially like now everyone's attention spans have just gotten <laughs> much shorter in life. So it's just kind yes, of like, yeah. but like with any record, I feel like, as long as it's like under forty minutes, like, yeah, you that's can, a good it can. Line. Yeah, there are certain exceptions to the rule, obviously, but it's just like, yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, let's get into this. Yes, let's let's do it. Please do this. It's both a mellow and aggressive opening yeah corinne's the lead singer right corinne is the lead singer carrie also does like vocals 
you can definitely tell when it's Corinne because like it's very loud and in your face and like okay. carries the more like laid back type of vocal. Okay. And also, this is the first record with Sleater Kinney where Janet Weiss, the drummer, did backup vocals. Oh. So. How many albums have they put out at this point? Or uh, 2000. This album's this, point. Where we are in time. Um, <laughs> I want to say, like, I think this might be the fourth or fifth one. Okay. I have the Wikipedia up. I can confirm that. Yeah. Hold on. Let me see. I might be a little off on that. One, two, three, four, fifth. Yep. Okay. Yeah, this is like the first record of theirs where they kind of just like went back to like kind of just re like evaluating things with their band. Because like, like I was saying before, the Hot Rocks was a very technical record. Uh-huh. And like it was very difficult for them to play live because there was so much going on. But like they kind of went back and like made it just more simplified but like in a, fe- in a very effective way so it was hmm. just like it was really interesting when this record came out because I was like oh this is like definitely like more simplified but like it, I feel like it definitely left more of a mark because like there were like a lot of catchy hooks on it and everything like that interesting claps I love claps I do too claps are very underrated I, I wish <laughs> more bands did that like I was gonna not- call out you for clapping under the table yeah. earlier <laughs> I liked it. I am a drummer, so it's yeah. like <laughs> any sound is like an instrument, like you know, like stomp. Exactly. <laughs> I've never seen stomp. Me either. I, I is it I still saw... happening in the East Village? I think it is. It is. Yes. Oh my God, it's never gonna end, is it? I remember it being on like HBO when I was like <laughs> yeah. sixth grade or so, like really young. Here. So. I don't know if I know a Slater Kenny song, but this sounds like what I expected Slater Kenny to sound like. Okay. Not a negative or positive no, way, just like it definitely sounds like what I expected. I love how this record starts because it's just like, you know, it definitely has a nice balance of like being chill, but then also like, you know, aggressive. Yeah. And it's like, it's all about dynamics. And yeah. It's just like, you know, because like, a record like Dig Me Out that like starts off very aggressive. So, <laughs> so this is maybe easing Ramsey in. Right. I like that first song a lot. This okay. one gets really rocking now. What's this one called? Ironclad. Mm-hmm. Also, there is no bass player in Sleater Kidding. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. It's just the three of them. And it rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so is it... Does Corinne play guitar? Yes. And, and vocals, okay. And, and vocals. sing Carrie as well, and, okay. Yes. And then Janet drums His and drums. vocals. Okay. Interesting. This is Carrie. Yeah. Uh, no, this is Corinne. Darn it. That's okay. <laughs> it did sound different there, but yeah. Yeah, Corinne is like the main vocalist, but like a lot of the times they'll sing at the same time. And yeah. Like I said, like Carrie's definitely like more chill and like toned right. down. Right. And like Corin's just Corin's just like really in your face. The title makes an appearance in the song. Yes. You oh, like that, right? I, I'm in support of that. I mean, it's a very important thing. It's just like, you know, it's very good for the listener. It's just like, especially like with song titles, it's like a lot of people aren't very good with that. I'm guilty of it myself, too, even with like some of my favorite bands. It's like, (laughs) 
would you say good with that like naming them or with well like when you mention the name of like the song in the actual lyrics it will get in people's heads that makes so sense it's yeah just like you know and you want people to remember the name of the songs but like you know sometimes it's a little difficult yeah there's so much music out there and it's like i feel like you either need to be like super clear like this song is called ironclad and we're gonna say ironclad in the <laughs> song or there's a uh uh, early of Montreal album where just every track name is something about uh, Dustin Hoffman and some weird thing that he's up to. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have nothing to do with the song <laughs> itself. <laughs> just tells a weird little story. I was trying to look up because I remembered Corinne Tucker was married to someone that I knew who it was, but I could not remember who, and it was Lance Bangs. Oh. Uh, word. I knew she was married to another famous person. I like that. I did too. I'm glad. It's going well so far. <laughs> so far, so good. So, yeah. uh, all hands on the bad one. Oh, this is the title, the title track. track. Yep. not the same at all but like the clearest comparison for me which is an album we have not done on this podcast yet but will is i was really into liz for exile and guyville in high school and i feel like this is like to me that is the closest comparison of bands i was listening to in high school yeah i feel like that certainly makes sense but Mm. yeah so i mean it is a little surprising to me that i didn't get into it but which we can get into this on the liz fair episode is that like I feel Ooh. like at this time, like those, <laughs> I love Liz Fair. Yeah, like that album was like passed around in like hush circles, basically of like yeah. teenage girls, because it was before we had the internet. You know what I mean? And right. like, I feel like similarly, this was probably a, like kind of the same thing. You, it was all word of mouth, so it was like if someone didn't tell you about it, I don't know how you found it necessarily. And I mean, in two thousand, sure, we had the internet, but like early Slater Kenny, I would think would be and in to, that group. To be completely real. Had I not had that fling with Megan, I don't know <laughs> if I would have gotten into Sleater Kinney at totally. that time. Because a lot of my friends that I hung out with like on the regular, they would say some really problematic shit about yeah. liking a band like this. And yeah. I was just like the one person in like my clique of friends where it's like I just loved music yeah. regardless of just like who you were or like whatever. It's just like and I liked what I liked. And it's just like but especially being like a young individual in the punk and hardcore scene in that time, yeah, there was just like a lot of like things that could kind of like hold you back from being the person that you wanted to yeah. be. Oh, mm. oh my god, absolutely! I mean, we've talked about that somewhat on this podcast in general. Just like some of the lyrics, some of the lyrics, and just like even if it wasn't outright misogyny, like some internalized misogyny that like is. A, as a teenager, is hard to parse. Like, right. you don't yeah, know the completely. difference. And so it's like, you don't even necessarily have the mental capacity to understand what you're internalizing at yeah, that sure, point. Yeah. So, you know, like, it is, it, it, particularly in the late 90s, is a weird genre to have come up in and then, like, Very stepped outside weird. of. Yeah, completely. Would the negative reaction have been more from this being a female-fronted band? That or definitely was like one of the main reasons and it's just like you know being a teenage individual just surrounded by a lot of like testo- testosterone injected yeah. individuals where like you know you 
go to shows and like at the time I was like in a hardcore band and like people would be just like you know just outright like malicious towards each other like not with just how they reacted to the band but just like their mentality and it's just like I remember like hanging out with like my bandmates at that time and they saw my Sleater Kinney CDs and they were like oh you listen to that band where like people like go to the shows and the girls don't (laughs) shave their armpits and I'm like what the fuck are you talking (laughs) like Um, yeah, I mean, like, even even for me, like, as a woman, like, in that scene, like, it's still, like, that misogyny was very pervasive throughout the entire scene, like, yeah, and, it, and it's like, I certainly did not know that was the case when I was 17, right. like, by any stretch of the imagination, but, like, I, I mean, I think it was evident by women's place in the scene, which is standing in the back, not being in the bands, mm-hmm. really, and I mean, I think that's evidence, if nothing else, like in this realm, by the fact that we have had so few female fronted <laughs> right. bands on this podcast. Like, you and know, not I think for lack of trying. No, yeah, and it's like, per, it, for me personally as well. Like, thinking of bands from this era, I was not into many female fronted bands. Like, mm-hmm. there weren't a ton, and the ones that were were kind of outside of the genre of music I was really listening. Well, Sleater Kinney, I mean, they came out of that whole Olympia Riot Girl yeah, scene. Yeah, and exactly. One of the big like things were girls to the front, mm-hmm. and that's very important. Yeah, and it's just like I actually <laughs> I had a little incident at my very first Sleater Kinney show <laughs> at Irving Plaza, and I actually I like think back to it, and like I like it, it was a it was a cool thing that happened. So it was like. In Irving Plaza, like, I found a really good corner with the person that I was dating at the time. And I was very aware of, like, the girls to the front motto. And it's just, like... So I found a good spot. My back was against the wall. But there was this girl, Rachel, that I knew just from, like, the Long Island punk scene. And she recognized me. And she was kind of, like, eyeing me up. And, like, before they were at the best play, she's like, you better know all their lyrics. (laughs) She said that to me. Because she saw me, like, standing up front. And then, like sure enough like they started playing and like I was like singing along just like doing my thing yeah and she turned around to me and she held up her hand and she gave me five <laughs> and she just like gave me a nod yeah and we be- we ended up becoming free- uh, friends later in life but, uh, like, funny. but I think back to that moment I'm like you know what respect yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like that was really fucking cool yeah at the moment I was like whoa that was like really intense but like now that I think back to it it was just like yeah and I mean I've, I'm sure in that time too it's like as like a girl who was very into them, it was like we have so few spaces in this scene that are like our thing. So I get it. Uh, pardon my ignorance. Girls to the front literally means like to girls the front to of the, the front. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. it was definitely made popular more by like Kathleen Hanna yeah. and Bikini Kill, yep. which who I also really love. Yeah, yeah, that was like a very specific Bikini Kill thing that like yeah. Kathleen Hanna would like girls to the front, like get the fuck to the front of the room, basically. <laughs> gotcha. Which like, and I do think like there is a movement of that in punk music currently in the year 2018 of like there's a ton of female fronted punk bands and stuff like a new resurgence of oh, them absolutely. and that's very much the case now is like get to the front recognize that girls are in this scene and deserve to be here just as much as men um, now I huge feel, resurgence of that now I, I'm really happy that at, when I saw them live I stayed in the balcony yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you belong Ramsey <laughs> just kidding <laughs> so this song was like considered to be the single okay. of all hands on the bad one it was like I'm pretty sure this was like the first song they ever shot a music video for it too. Oh, that's fun. 
And I it, like that. It is actually like a really cool music video. They're just standing like in a white setting, but like they're standing on like a bunch of like 45 records and they're like <laughs> dressed in really cool clothes and like they're all rocking out and it has like really cool camera shots where like all of them are like singing but individually, but like they're kind of singing towards each other. Hmm. And uh, I remember like walking into uh, Bleaker Bob's one time and they had a TV and like they were playing this video and like that was like the first time I ever saw the actual music video for the song. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. Did you say the name of this one? Oh, I did not. This one is You're No Rock and Roll Fun. This is basically a song just about like a quote unquote cool indie dude that like just thought he was the shit, was very <laughs> arrogant. And it's just basically calling them out, calling that motherfucker out on like his bullshit. I like this I like a lot. It. Yeah, I like this one a lot too. I like their uh, harmonies a lot too. Oh, the harmonies are absolutely amazing. And just like the guitar parts, like they're so just like musical, but at the same time, like I'll show like guitar players like Sleater Kitty and they'll kind of get like tripped up like playing certain parts. Like, you know, especially like this point in their career, they were like getting more simpli- simplistic, but it was just like they were also like still maintaining like you know like just like very well that thought out and technical like parts to song guitar and janet janet weiss is actually like one of my like favorite drummers like ever like the first time like i ever heard of slater kinney i was just like blown away hmm. with just like janet's drumming when did you get into drumming i got into drumming when i was like eight years old damn wow and so it was a very it was a very long time yeah <laughs> and uh I got into drumming through the Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique record because yeah. there's a lot of jazz samples and like the drummers in jazz music are just like absolute like maniacs. Like they're <laughs> kind of inhuman with just a lot of the musicianship that they have. So I was very entrapped by that. Yeah. And I used to like play on my mom's tubbleware and granted I wasn't able to play like you know all these like crazy drum fills but i was able to like keep like the main grooves that were being sampled on that record and then like my mom was just like you're like beating the shit out of my tubbleware we should buy you an actual drum kit and so that's 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 how it actually all started for me through amazing jazz samples on the beastie boys paul's boutique record (laughs) saving plastic exactly you know even back then, I was trying to be, like, very ethical. <laughs> I love it. Just, you know, had this plastic just chilling in, like, my mom's <laughs> cabinet. And just, like... But then I got a drum kit, and that <laughs> changed my life. So. I think it's the simplicity that you're talking about, where I'm more of the last track, I'm getting kind of a, a Velvet Underground feel. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, that's definitely, like, something I could see, like in their inspirational yeah like palette so to speak it's just like you know like that's the great thing about Slater Kinney it's just like their influences are just like all over the place and I think that's like one of the many things that like you know entrapped me about them when I was younger because like I never like classify myself even as a teenager as like a punk or a hardcore kid or like whatever I was a musician and it was just like I always looked at everything from like a musical um just like my like state of mind but it was just like a lot of my friends would just be like you're over analyzing it and just please <laughs> let me enjoy this which now like i think back that's i'm funny. like yeah you're right you know i should have like reined it in a little bit that's funny i was a very weird kid and i'm a, <laughs> I'm a very weird adult well it's exactly what we need for this show so oh, glad so you're here you hit up the right yeah. individual for this. <laughs> i just 
on Wikipedia clicked into the producer for this album, John Goodmanson. Correct. He's produced... From Roseanne. Good, what? John Goodman. Yeah, it's John Goodman. John Goodman. You're not the first He's, person to make that joke about that producer. I, I'm certain that's the yeah. case. <laughs> he has produced a lot of albums that I like. This makes sense. What else has he done? Um, I mean, it makes sense that he did a couple Bikini Kill things. That makes sense before this. He's actually this. worked with Death Cab as Death well. Death Cab was the other thing yes. I was... And um, Harvey Danger, Ha Ha Heat, Not a Surf. Um, he produced Lucky, which is an album I love a lot. Very incredible record yeah um yeah rogue wave oh yeah a lot of slater kinney yeah they frequented yeah production value because i'm pretty sure like dig me out that was like the record where they were just like yeah like Mm -hmm. this is the right person that we want yeah he did dig me out all hand this one all hands on the bad one one beat and no cities to love yeah which might I add, no, no cities to love. That's one of my favorite comeback records from a band. Because uh, I normally comeback get, records can be rough. They can be really rough to the point where it's like, you should have just stayed in your cubby hole <laughs> yeah. and not have returned. Right. But when they like drop that record, I was like, I had to like wipe like the sweat off my forehead. So I was just like, <laughs> I hope this record doesn't suck. When was that? And one? It was amazing. That came out in 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember I was I was actually heartbroken because like, I didn't get to see their reunions until uh, late 2015. But the first shows they came back, I couldn't go, and I was like playing a show in New York City that day. And any un, under any other circumstance, I definitely would have canceled the fuck out of that show. <laughs> but I was playing in a band at the time where it was like our farewell shows, uh. and it was just like I still wanted to cancel because I was going through so many emotions of the band that yeah. I was in breaking up at the time. But sure. it was just like. But then I got to see them later that year, and I was like, definitely in a better state of mind at that time. <laughs> so it kind of worked out. Um, this one is "What Is a Lie." The song is about a Jeopardy clue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it was about. <laughs> this song is actually about uh, violence being used as a form of entertainment towards like just humans like humans watching violence or just any like traumatic event and that being used as a form of entertainment and I don't know the exact video that they're referring to this but it was like about like a videotape of a woman dying Mm. and it was like surfacing on the internet at the time and it was used as a form of entertainment yeah and uh this song definitely hit me hard because I was working in a video store at that time, and I remember like my friends being obsessed with this video called Faces of Death. Oh uh, yeah, I remember those. And I like thought that was like disgusting, and I was uh, yeah. like, I want no part in this. And yeah. so like I was definitely the type of kid that like when I loved a band, I would read all the lyrics, all the interviews. I was like on some total nerd shit and I will always be that way with music but it was just like I remember this song specifically hitting hard at that time because I was working at that video store and like they would spend their Friday night oh we're gonna like borrow like Faces of Death from like the video oh. store and like we're gonna watch it and I'm like well, it was such a weird popular that. thing I hated it Ugh. I remember my health teacher telling us about Faces of Death oh and then God. all of us just like where did why would you watch that <laughs> like all of us like really grilled him on how awful that was and he it was like stuff like that, like not to like shit on my like social circle like at that time, but like 
I think back to a lot of people that were in that group, and I'm like, why did I hang out with you? Yeah. <laughs> also, just teenagers are dumb. Like, I, I definitely have seen Faces of Death, and like, even now, like shit like that pops up on the internet, and I just like see it, and then I'm like, why did I watch that? That is so traumatic. Yeah. Like. Even like news stories will pop up, and it's like someone recorded it on Snapchat, and you watch, and you're like, uh, "What? Wait, right. why did I just subject myself to that?" I'd like to take back my insensitive Jeopardy joke now. <laughs> <laughs> Your insensitivity is like nothing compared to the crap I had to deal with from my peers at this con- at this stage. I'm like, you know, being a teenager it was just like, you know. Also, I was surrounded by lovely individuals that like I was very happy and relieved but it's just like it's just like fascinating how as you get older you finally like you have more access to surrounding yourself with right the people you want to be but oh, like absolutely. as a teenager yep. you kind of have slim pickings it's just yeah. Like, yeah you find what you can and like oh absolutely on, and you eventually figure it out yeah so. yeah Heather and I are from relatively small towns yeah totally <laughs> yeah and it's like I'm still friends with like several people from high school but not the bulk of them and that's not disparaging it's just that like i grew up and like found people who were more my people you know like completely and you more in common a a big city i moved to the biggest one the biggest one here (laughs) the biggest one in new york city (laughs) i'm in america (laughs) (laughs) this one is called male model yeah this one is basically just about like you know the persona of like the male rock and roll star of just like you know what they're supposed to be and just like once again it's kind of similar to like the rock and roll fun like you know just the arrogance that usually comes along with just like the you know male rock star and yeah. everything like that so that's definitely a, a theme on this record and like and in real life today yeah yeah unfortunately <laughs> I do like having not sat down and listened to Slater Kenny before. I do really like Corinne's vocals. Oh, they're magnificent. Yeah. And it it was like interesting because when this record came out, critics were like starting to praise her vocals on this, but like prior to that, like they were saying her vocals were like way too much, which Hmm. I loved, but like I mean I also, you know, craved a lot of just like intensity and everything. And I, I can understand like earlier records where the vocals might be a little too much. Sure, sure, sure. But, yeah, like, also, like, reading interviews and stuff like that, Corinne, like, kind of went back to, like, just from square one and, like, oh, like, what can I do different? Yeah. And, like, it's interesting because she played in a, like, this band that was named uh, Cadillaca. It was, like, a fake band. And it was, like, a retro, like, garage band. And she went on, like, the members went under, like, fake names. And so, like, she was singing as, like, just, like, a character. And so, like, that helped de- develop, like, the nuance and dynamics in her vocals. So, I mean, I would say, like, these vocals definitely are, like, I mean, I would say non-traditional. But yeah, I do certainly. feel like, at least, obviously, having not listened to previous albums, I do feel like it's, like, uh, I don't know. I can't say restrained because I don't know what it would sound like to be more than this. But, like, purposeful, I guess, is yes. maybe a better word. Okay, this one is Leave You Behind. 
And this song is basically, you know, very fitting to the title. It's like, you know, kind of got like a heartbreak yeah. feel to it. Like, you know, like things didn't work out. Right. Yeah. And, uh, leave it behind. And I mean, it like it's, you know, with music, it's like sometimes when a song is written, like people can take it a different way. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it could, could be anything that you leave behind. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's different from the other songs, but it's like... Oh, I love when Sleater Kinney just kind of, like, brings it down a yeah. bit. Like, does a soft just, song. Yeah. Yeah, It, I like, like it. just shows their dynamics yeah. and just, you know... Like, of course, I love when they're, like, just, like, really, like, raging and just totally. like, rocking the fuck out, but it's just, like... I mean, with any musician, I just love when they show that side. It's like, yeah. oh, we can do this, too. It's just I love right. that. We're just not some one-trick pony. Yeah. You know? It's crazy that there's no bass here. It's such a full sound still, in spite of that. Oh, yeah. And, like, they make up for that in their guitar skills. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> it was funny because when I was younger and, and, like, before I saw them live and, like, I would even, like, see photos of them in, like, fanzines and everything like that. I didn't know they had no bass player until like I saw them right. and I was like oh they must have like a bass player but then when I saw them at that Irving Plaza I'm like wait like <laughs> yeah. it's just the three of them and it's just like I thought that was so yeah. fucking cool it's just like but yeah like some of my friends will hear Sleater Kinney and they'll be like oh no there's a bass player I'm like no that's that's their guitar <laughs> like, yeah. like they're that good <laughs> just a heads up to anyone starting bands it's like you don't need a bass player i mean as a drummer i prefer to have a bass player just the rhythm <laughs> yeah. section and i've lucked out where i've had some of the best bit bass players by my side but if you're not finding the right one just don't settle like <laughs> figure it out like clearly it's evident you can clearly you out. can do it exactly we're yeah. listening yeah. to I it being done <laughs> white stripes and keith believes in you yes. yeah <laughs> and i don't believe in many people <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, white and if, stripes. You, if you do play the bass out there, Keith hates you. Yeah. Truly hates you. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I was about to say, like, that is very false. Yeah. <laughs> there are many people, artists, whatever, that I've played with where the bass player has saved my ass. Because <laughs> if the rest of the band's not good, but the bass player's, like, really awesome, like, that will keep my interest. Hmm. Fair. Like wings. Also, to be yeah. fair, I think the reason I, the first time I met Keith was a bass player. Really? Yeah. Heather's trying not to say anything. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, we can just keep it This, this was your dad? Yeah, my yeah. dad. Yeah, my dad it, it was Heather's dad, actually. Mm-hmm. That is very accurate. Okay, this next song is Milkshake and Honey. So I don't, I don't know the exact origin of this like song, okay. but the it's definitely kind of sensual. Okay. And I have a feeling it's about like a hookup in okay. like, Europe. I, I could be completely wrong on that. And like, I'm usually like very good with knowing certain origins <laughs> of songs, but it's like, I haven't like found this song covered in like an interview. I like it a lot, but it's... It, it is a very sensual song. <laughs> and I've definitely put it on Valentine's playlist before. So. <laughs> no shame in that. 
Sleater Kinney has made it onto many Valentine's playlists of mine for, you know. That's funny. For the, like, love reasons, but also for the heartbreak reasons. I made, I've made some very dark <laughs> Valentine's playlists. I feel silly saying that. More, I would say more dark. <laughs> happy. Or, uh, my first connection when I heard the title was... Uh, the Old Testament, like the land of milk and honey. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly a play on that. It's got to be, right? Maybe. Probably. I yeah. mean, that's that phrase. I would think it's so. It's got to be. Okay. That would make total sense. For sure. Sorry, I got distracted. My sister just texted me. My niece had her first day of soccer today. Quote, she did great. All right. Oh, She's yeah. going to be a soccer star, everyone. Way to go. Go Shay. Go Shay. <laughs> Also, don't dox Heather's niece. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. I feel like I'm the only person in my life that isn't into soccer. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just like I've, I've watched it before. But We like, are recording this during the World Cup. Yes. <laughs> Every time I lock on the Twitter, like 90% of it is about the World Cup. And I feel just so left out because I don't know what's going on. As we were discussing before the show, I am a bro. Yes. I love the World Cup. <laughs> I uh, I like that all the bars open for it and then put the f- appropriate flags. I love it. I love, it. <laughs> I love um, the World Cup. I, I don't work in an office though, and I've heard several people telling me about like just people brazenly having it on their computer screens. Oh, we just have TVs all over the office and have it on. I think that's cool, oh, wow, but I I don't know why that's appropriate for that and not like other things in the world. To be fair, we put other things on. Okay. <laughs> if, but the thing the thing with World Cup is that it's on at weird times. Uh, like other sporting events are on like weekends and nights so that's why World Cup is being played in Russia so it starts at like 6am I will admit I love the Olympics oh that's fair okay so Uh, same thing with weird times we we would put the Olympics on at work too yes depending on where it's existing it can be weird times and I specifically love the Winter Olympics for some reason they're better and they're like, better that's yeah. why it's yeah. very therapeutic for me <laughs> because i'll have like either like a long day in the studio or I'll like be on tour while it's happening and i'll just like go back to like either like my place that i live at or like the hotel phone tour just have like a glass of wine and just watch the olympics for like hours it's, and it's it's it the, the ice yeah. skating i uh, love the ice skating i love that um this song is pompeii and this song is just kind of like hey, I'm not happy with my life and I'm just going to like tear shit down and like just make it better. All right. It's a very positive Respect. way. And it's referred to the Roman city of Pompeii, which was, you know, destroyed by a natural disaster. Yeah. Like a was volcano that a, was, it was a volcano? Yeah, okay. Yes, volcano. I was like really like reaching <laughs> deep into my brain of like high school knowledge. I was like, volcano? What was your second guess going to be? Earthquake? <laughs> I knew it was some natural disaster, but I knew everyone got frozen, so I knew it couldn't be too right. many things. You Earthquake did, wouldn't have made sense. You knew it involved <laughs> pressure in the earth of yes. some kind. Yes. So I knew guess. it was a disaster. Not like this song. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is this going? <laughs> I'll save this full... S- Full sentiment for the recap, but I'm gonna listen to Slater Kenny later. Ooh. That makes me like very actually listen to it. That makes me it. very happy. Um, I also recommend exploring other records. Yeah, exactly. Because I do like this a lot. And it, to to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like 
when these albums were coming out, there were like not as many ways to find out about music as there are now. Oh, I know. It's like crazy. It's like you either had to like make like a mix CD or yeah. like a mixtape. Your friend had to tell you. Or you, <laughs> you would look into like the catalogs and like fanzines or anything like that. Yeah. Another thing was uh, when bands would do thank you lists. Like, oh yeah, and you would see what other bands the, they the were talking to. The record. Exactly. And they would like thank this band or that yep. band. It's like, oh well, like if they're friends with that band. I, I should check to, like, out that. Exactly. Right. And it's like, and you know, I have a good track record with like discovering good bands that way. But there was also a lot of bands who were like, why the fuck did I just spend like eight bucks on <laughs> yeah. this? Yeah, that was always super disappointing. And I loved when The Wall existed because they had the quote-unquote lifetime guarantee. Mm. And if I didn't like something, I would return it. I was like, hey, you said it's a lifetime guarantee. Yeah. So take this fucking record back. <laughs> and I would and never... they were so expensive then. And, it, you know... Thinking back to it, it wasn't really that expensive because now, like, you have to pay like twenty bucks for like an LP and everything like that. Yeah, well, I just I don't have anything physical anymore, which is not great. But most people don't. Yeah, yeah. but it's I have noticed like vinyl is like a big thing now, especially when yeah you're like playing in bands and like a lot of your merch is like based off the music, and you yeah. want people to buy the music too, and it's just like you know, but like. I go to record stores and it's like 20 bucks right. for like a record. It's, and like, yeah. when I was like a teenager, I used to buy like the cheaper formats so I could buy more music. Like, of course. I always was like called like the weirdo because everyone was buying CDs, but like I was buying like seven inches and tapes because it was like cheaper and I could like take in more music that way. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously like very clearly vinyl has had a huge resurgence like to the point that like production plants can't keep up. But I just like never got into collecting vinyl and now i'm like uh, i'm good like i'm too i'm too late i'm good i'm not gonna start now um so i just don't have any physical music at this point i was like a very avid like collector of cds and then transferring that to digital and like really maintained my digital collection like filled out all the like metadata all of that and then eventually it just got to the point where it's like I switched services too many times and I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I can't do it anymore. Spotify <laughs> it is. I'm done. Also, I'm very selective with the vinyl I collect. I only collect music I really love, but my Fair. best friend is like the epitome of like record collector. Yeah. And I've helped him move five oh, times. No, 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 no. And it is the worst experience yes. of your life moving it's so bad. records. And he's even admitted, he's just like, what? the hell is wrong with me and I, I won't answer the question because it's a question that I'll like answer by just like giving him like a look of like <laughs> yeah I don't know what the fuck yeah. you're thinking yeah. we're um I'm working on a project for work right now and we are potentially getting vinyl pressed for it mm-hmm. and we were gonna do a small limited run and now they want to produce more like a thousand and I was like yeah we can do it can I not be in charge of touch moving them at all like that is <laughs> way yeah. Like, I don't want to be responsible for moving 1,000 records. Right. It sounds horrible. Ugh. Um, Ramsey, this is the final song. It sounded like it. I was going to guess that, actually. Yeah, this does feel like a closer. It's weird because like a lot of my friends, when they listen to this record, they'll be like, I think it's so weird that it ended on such like a mellow note. I like it. It feels yeah. like it's I, playing us out. I absolutely love how it ends with like the swimmer like this is like a really good way to end the record it's just like i don't know it's like you definitely got the point across like with the dynamics but it's just like hey like you know we've rocked the shit out of you and it's just like 
but we've also like explored like you know we can rein it in and now we're just gonna like it's kind of like you know you're at sea and you're just like floating back <laughs> yeah. floating back home or something like I that I like it yeah, it's really good and uh, this was inspired by an interview with a long distance swimmer named Lynn Cox and she described the ocean as just being in a world where she felt like you know being herself the most and that's where she needed to be because the outside world is fucking bullshit <laughs> and like I relate to that with like you know what I do 24-7 as a, like a drummer it's just like I only feel like myself when I'm behind that drum yeah. too and I, I there's like people in my life that they're just like well like there's more to life than that and I'm like well most of like the outside world is scary and fucked <laughs> up and it's just like this is the place where I feel like I'm my like i'm myself the most so i highly relate to that song yeah i would lot. also think like i mean that's also your career and i feel like True. it's obviously like a very foreign career to a lot of places but like yes very. that's where like for me my job is where things make the most sense you do x y happens and then z happens you know like and i think like that's a similar thing for musicians it's just in a very foreign way to most people who go to an office from nine to right. five um okay I what loved did, it. What did you think, <laughs> Ramsey? I, I uh, liked it a lot. I That's awesome. I preferred the major key stuff to the minor key. This makes sense for okay. you. This adds That's up. Cool. Matches me. Um, and yeah. definitely, but like the vo- the uh, the harmonies in particular really got me, um, which I think I heard less of seeing them live. I think they were mm-hmm. more doing like the bangers. Sure. Which makes sense in a live setting. Um, if there's anything I've learned being in a band you want to give the people what they want to hear live. <laughs> Otherwise, they will be very fucking pissed. <laughs> right. So this was this was a different side than I had was familiar with, and I really like this. That makes me very happy. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Man, we did the Lord's work here today. We convinced <laughs> Ram to, Ramsey to like something oh, more. And class. me. Yeah. And me. Um, I love it. Great. Man, this was this was fun. Overall positive this was experience really here. Awesome. I had such a good time. And I'm uh, glad it was a positive experience yeah. and not like some negativity where like I mean, I, I we've just, had some of those. I, sure. Have you ever had anyone walk out? No. no. Okay. Okay, the closest we've ever come is Ramsey almost walking out. Oh yeah. <laughs> really? I've heard wow. some bad stuff on this show. Ramsey one <laughs> he has threatened to quit during at the drive-in and once whoa <laughs> and once laid down during a death cab album to be fair that was because you told me to chill out i told him to chill out so and I he laid down chilled out <laughs> he chilled out okay with at the drive-in i can definitely understand yeah they're it's bad. a lot it's a lot it's still the worst one i've done I <sighs> that's really the worst one you've i done. did not like them he at all really really disliked it so like i was skimming through the episodes was that worse than corn yes <laughs> wow <laughs> yep Corn, I at least was able to recognize as like, music. I understand with After Drive In, like not being your thing, because like they were definitely a band where like a lot of my friends at the time like were obsessed with, and like I definitely like saw some sides of it that was like okay, I totally get this, but it was just like I saw them live with Rage Against the Machine and oh. Gangstar. Oh God, and what a great show! <laughs> it was incredible. Oh my God, oh my God! And it was just like I was a. I'm still a very big. Rage Against the Machine fan and I the bar I was at before this was playing Killing in the Name of and I was really hyped I almost punched the bartender (laughs) oh my god there you go it was a great experience just now I had before this show it was at uh, Nassau Coliseum which is a shithole yeah but (laughs) it is it is a very big shithole but uh, I was so excited to see Rage and Gangstar like like Gangstar is like one of my favorite hip hop bars but uh, 
I had never really listened to at the drive-in before and like I just didn't like it and it's weird because like I got a lot of shit from my peers for that because they were so obsessed with this man but I totally understand what you mean by that you're on the right side of history <laughs> well fair. thank you yeah okay this was great this was fun I had a lovely time Keith where can people find you on the internet well or or in life I mean, you can find me in life behind a drum kit. Sure. I'm going to plug a show right now. Go for it. Not to be that person. No, no, please um, do. So I am having the honor of playing drums for Tank Red uh, July 31st at Baby's All Right. I just saw Jess at a Kevin Devine Whoa, show in Jess Portsmouth, Abbott. New Hampshire. Jess Abbott's like one of my favorite people ever. I just saw her on oh, right. Friday. You went to the Kevin Devine show. <laughs> I did on That's... Friday in New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that makes sense. I remember Jess posted a story of being yeah. late behind the soundboard and everything. And then I saw that you were all there. And we were like, there. What? It was fun. Uh, that's awesome. But uh, I'm, very, go to that. I'm very excited. Where to, is that show? That is at Baby's All Right. It's with mm. Warriors. Oh, what a fun show. I have to go to that show. <laughs> did, did you say the name of your band? I'm sorry. Well, I'm not in Tank Red, but I am just having the magnificent privilege of playing drums for Jess and I'm very honored because Tank Red just released a record called yeah. Nightstand. It's and very it's one good. of my favorite records it's very good. of the year. But um That's awesome. So like I play for like many different Various artists. Bands. It's gotcha. the the list is pretty insane at this point. <laughs> but I've consistently been playing with this band for Brooklyn called Kissing is a Crime. They're on Don Giovanni Records and they cool. have an excellent record on Don Giovanni. It's a self titled album. And we just got back from tour actually. Fun. We did like a full U.S. tour, and it was a lot of fun. I love it. And they're really great people, and I like playing with them a lot. Everyone should go to that show. I'm going to go now that I know it's a show. <laughs> I love both of those bands so much. Heather, uh, where can we find you on you the internet? You can find me at Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. I interrupted you so I could ask you first. I'm sorry. No, you're f- I know, I know. <laughs> uh, Ramsey, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Ramsey E-S-S. And I did not add where you can find me. Oh, right. Do it, do it. You can just find him at that one show. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's it. And that's, <laughs> and you, you will never see me again. <laughs> Amazing. And some people would probably prefer that. But, uh, <laughs> so I am on Instagram at Kbot on the drums. And I'm also on Twitter at kbot on the tron <laughs> but my twitter gets really weird sometimes fair enough and i who's doesn't i mean but it's like sometimes i'd like wake up the next day i'm like why why did i do that <laughs> but like not in like a you know way where it's like yo that was fucked up it's like what like what happened last night and i'm like well there are some things that did happen but we should probably not talk about it <laughs> um but yeah you can follow me on awesome everyone do that i will um great uh, you can give us a review on yes, iTunes you should you that. feel moved to so do inclined. so. Uh, you can listen to our playlists on Spotify. You can Ooh. also do that. Please do. Uh, and oh, you should follow Ramsey's because he's still offended that I have more <laughs> followers on my playlist than his. I haven't checked since we last recorded, but I'm assuming it's still well, accurate. The, <laughs> the podcast we last recorded is not live yet at the time of recording this one. Yeah, it's still at three versus six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that uh, the people just love my taste in music more than yours. It doesn't To be fair, me. it makes a lot of yep. sense for the premise of this podcast. <laughs> yes. uh, and follow us on Twitter at if you, you are, are listening. Uh, and if you want to email us, you can email us at if you're listening yeah. podcast. I actually weirdly checked our email today. Did I get it right? Is it pod or podcast? Don't remember. Go to our website and find it. <laughs> yeah, do it that way. Um, all right. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.